1: Hey everyone, this is Roman Pekopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Sarah Griffiths. Sarah battled with low self-esteem in her younger years and suffered at the hands of an emotionally abusive husband. Refusing to allow her trauma to dictate her future, she now teaches others the methods she used to rebuild her life, bringing them fulfillment and helping them to fall in love with themselves again. Thank you for joining me today.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today?
0: Oh, that's um, not not a simple question with a straightforward answer. Um, I guess like most people who have overcome um, many hurdles, limiting beliefs, and especially um, when they have trauma in their past, um, the the hurdles are are many and the and the journey is is long and um, there are lots of aspects to it um but really for me, my trauma was in my childhood outside of my home um in that I was bullied at school I was bullied at school for something that was completely outside of my control um I was bullied for being poor uh this was a long time ago now i mean i'm i'm fifty five and I was eight years old at the time um and it was in britain in the in the seventies and there was a lot of poverty um but it just happened that the the set the the table that I was on in primary school the other children were a different demographic and um as children obviously we have an a, an overriding, it's part of our ancient DNA, our primal survival, that we need to connect and not be rejected. Um, and I was definitely rejected from that group as not being good enough. Um, because because we were poor, for sure. And and we were, I'm not, I'm not denying that. But um, yeah, definitely wasn't anything that I could do anything about. But as with all trauma, emotional trauma like that, it kind of eroded my sense of self because I didn't know that it wasn't about me. I thought it was about me. I took it on board very, very personally. And it really had a tremendous effect on my adult life um, because obviously as adults, we run that childhood blueprint until I was 45. And when I was 45, so nearly 10 years ago now, um, I actually nearly committed suicide. Uh, because I just couldn't, I couldn't reconcile how I felt about myself—the se- self-loathing, the lack of worth and self-confidence—and really, the last ten years for me um, have been an incredible journey of professional and personal development um, that started off with with books, online courses, um, having various therapists and mentors and um, over the last few years then took me into the hypnotherapy uh, which was completely life-changing was a phenomenal discovery Um, and and the work that I do now so uh, yeah so that that's the very short version of a very long story
1: yeah I think uh, bullying is kind of a hotbed issue still obviously now but I think because of the advancements or advancements of technology and social media and the internet, it's a lot more kind of zoned in or honed in on. So it's a lot more visible and uh, kids still, you know, don't have necessarily the coping mechanisms built up. I know in the United States, there's a lot of instances of kids being bullied and then committing suicide or, you know, Mm -hmm. the kid's bullying, just telling the kid, you know, you should go kill yourself. And, you know, the, the, the child isn't emotionally you know, able to cope with that or, or built or understand how to deal with that. And I think over yeah. time, if somebody uh, suffers a trauma like that, in terms of bullying or emotional, physical, or any other kind of abuse, it becomes like compounded interest over time. So if you don't deal with it, it piles on and piles on. And then in your latter years, you know, it, you can just basically implode in terms of the people around you and just your life in general.
0: Yes that's exactly, yes, that's it. That's a very good description of, of what happens. You take it on personally and it doesn't get dealt with and it takes over. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. I mean, me personally, I mean, I've seen abuse in terms of my family. My father was you know, physically, verbally abusive to my mom and stuff like that. So I actually went to therapy, I would say probably eight, nine years ago to kind of deal and come to terms with with things like that. So I think it's important to have like a safe place to come to terms and feel it and be okay and permit yourself to, to have those feelings, but kind of also have a, a place to basically deal with them and know that they're still there, but basically being able to live with them and not putting them in like a shadow where it's kind of constantly eating away at you.
0: Yeah, so it's being able to see it from a different perspective, know that it happened, but know that it wasn't what you thought it was. And the most important thing, it didn't make me what I thought it made me. It wasn't about me. And and that is that is where all the work is done and all the, all the releasing and the healing comes in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It doesn't define you, but oftentimes when you're young, you often think that it's your fault. And then you choose to kind of blame yourself throughout life and still look back at it and kind of put yourself in that kind of mindset, which obviously if you do come to terms with it and you're able to deal with it, you can get yourself out of it and, and, you know, have a more healthier focus in terms of your mental and uh, emotional kind of uh, well-being.
0: Yeah, but so, so many people are not able to do that, especially in situations like yours. I come across situations like yours a lot. Um, where children have been in those situations and then they take on board that it's their fault, that they either feel responsible that they could and should have done more or wish that they could or they are sure that it is was their fault, that their dad was like this because of them. Uh, because obviously children, um, that they're, they're, ego, they're egocentric and they do not have the, the logic that an adult has so all all they have is these overwhelming emotions and um, all they know is the environment that's around them. So they come up with a narrative to explain what's happening and really the only thing they have to explain it is themselves. They don't have the capacity to look at the adults around them and say, well, my dad's just a really bad person because children don't want to think that about their parents because their parents are their protectors in theory you know, so they need their parents, so they can't afford for their parents to be wanting. So it has to be them. It has to be about them. And that is the blueprint that gets created and then taken into the adult life.
1: Yeah, I agree. So what motivates you to succeed? Obviously, today, those motivations may have changed over time. But what currently kind of drives you and motivates you to succeed?
0: I think it's my client results you know, from what I've discovered and the journey that I've been on. And it's really the knowledge that I have about how life can change and how how incredibly we can change as people. You know, the mind is totally elastic and understanding is power. And whatever the mind has created, the mind can uncreate. And I think it's really that that motivates me because I know that everyone that I start working with is going to, is going to have a life changing result because we're working with the subconscious. That's where all the damage is done, and that's where we do the best healing. Um, yeah, it's it's really the results and knowing what's possible that is keeps me working all the hours that I do. And uh, yeah, I, I I just I just love it. It really, really does fulfill me and just feed me in life.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to have a a career where you're, I mean, in my opinion, helping people or adding some kind of value or some kind of legacy. And I think it's important, not everybody does it, but being in a role or a position where you went through something and you're helping people through the same thing, because oftentimes there's people that are kind of generalists, so they may have never been through that situation or trauma or personally kind of had that experience so I think coming from someone that has lived it I think you're able to connect more so right off the bat on the personal level as well
0: I, I definitely find that that makes a huge difference being able to not not just in a textbook kind of way um, have a knowledge about how to resolve this but having an experience not of, of just of the healing um, about of where the person is starting from and it, even though the details might be different um, it's always the hurt of unmet childhood needs and really the details once you understand that hurt and how to heal it that the details don't really matter
1: yeah and I think I've seen in a lot of friends family and people that I've met some of like just observing their characteristics how a lot of them stem through childhood either things that they lacked or they yearn for and they you know manifest some kind of behavior that looks to get that now in their adulthood either you know on a normal sense or in a hyper kind of aggressive sense situations like you know kids being left alone which now they constantly want to be out and surrounded by people not necessarily because you know they enjoy it but they just kind of have that need because when they were young, they were home alone for, you know, one circumstance or another, or like different situations, they may not necessarily be from a traumatic, uh, you know, beginning, but something that influenced them from childhood. And like you said, those things kind of carry over and, and you really need to understand kind of where your mind is at whatever part of your life and how that kind of childhood behavior and the upbringing and all of those variables affect, you know, how you interact with other people as well.
0: Yeah, and sometimes there's more sitting behind it than we realize. So th- that situation that you just said, I come across that a lot, um, where p- people just don't want to be alone. And they will say, I-, I-, I don't want to be with myself. And then we'll discover that as a child, they were left alone a lot. And it isn't about the being left alone. What they decided about the being left alone was that they had been rejected and were being left alone because they weren't good enough, because there was something wrong with them. So the reason they don't want to be alone as an adult, what they don't know is they don't have this in their conscious mind, but the subconscious mind is running a program that tells them that being alone just confirms that they're not good enough and that they've been rejected. That's, and and this is what happens in the subconscious mind that th- these are the kind of thought patterns that we just don't realize are running and that one in particular comes up a lot
1: and what are some of the ways you kind of work with people in terms of coming to terms with some of the things they've been through and kind of aligning them for success you know mentally and in terms of their w- well-being moving forward
0: yeah so i um i very particularly i i use a combination um so i use Um, hypnotherapy. And I use hypnotherapy to help us uncover these unseen kind of beliefs that we've been talking about, because quite often people just know that they're stuck. You know, they know they're stuck, they don't know why, um, they might have some kind of idea. So I will use, I will use hypnotherapy, not only to uncover why they're stuck, um, but also to do the healing. And, and to replace the 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 old thought patterns um to disrupt those and replace them with new thoughts and it's very fast it's a very fast way of doing things i c- I can work with people who have been trying to overcome things from their childhood for maybe 20, 20 to 40 years is is not unusual um and it only takes a few sessions when we use hypnotherapy. Um, so I use hypnotherapy and then I combine it with um, coaching as well.
1: Yeah, I think that it's that mental and then building kind of those uh, ongoing habits that kind of drive you in the right direction as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so all of those new new thoughts and beliefs, they need to be reinforced. Um, but I find the coaching is really helpful because once people have a big shift, that then needs to be integrated into their life, and they need to to start to notice notice new patterns, and also they'll notice things in their environment about other people that they didn't see before, um, or or they'll perceive things in a different way, and uh, people need need coaching to, to help them process all those things and, and to move on and to become a different person in the same life. You know, everything else stays the same. It's you that changes. So you, it, it's very difficult for someone to get a big shift and then to just suddenly be in that. So I find the coaching is really, really helpful to help people assimilate into their environment.
1: Yeah, I agree. Because if you make that change personally, but you're still in the same kind of environment, sometimes maybe those variables are still influencing that behavior or bringing it back. It's how you cope with it or how you take yourself out of some of those situations as well.
0: Yeah, and and also the people around you, um, just because you make positive changes, well, their motivations and the things that they say to you might not always be positive. Uh, because if, if you're making positive changes, then obviously they find that challenging. And like the, the right people, the people that really care about you are just going to be happy for you. Uh, but you'd be amazed the number of people that start to make really big strides in their life. And the one thing they come up against is um, opposition um, or, from people that they expected support from. That's a big thing for people to have to navigate.
1: Yeah, I mean, that kind of inner circle, your friends and family are really important because no matter what kind of change you want to make or how positive you are or what kind of habits you make, if somebody's constantly saying, you know, or belittling you or saying, no, you don't need to change or just be like this or be like that, eventually that kind of breaks you down regardless of who you are.
0: Yeah, which is why it's very good to have the the support um, of a mentor to to take you through that and to help you build your resilience and, and to give you the kind of the tools and techniques to understand what's going on there um, and how to reject what's being said and, and to stay um, on that path that you're trying to forge for yourself.
1: I agree. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today?
0: My very, very big weakness, and it really held me back for a very long time. And again, it's all to do with my past. And I absolutely know that and recognize it. Uh, My big weakness was listening to the wrong people, trying to please other people, um, trying to let other people be involved in things that I was doing to my detriment. So they were then holding me back and I didn't want to hurt people. Uh, It was very easy to guilt trip me. I could be very easily manipulated um, into not doing what was right for me. Um, And I've turned that into a strength. Number one, I learned such a lot such a lot that helps me to see things for and with other people um, and also teach them how to navigate this. Um, but also also I've, I've turned it into a strength because I really see people now. I'm very, very attuned to people's motivations, what they're saying, why they're saying it um and and to just standing in my own self belief my self confidence not being manipulated, not being guilt tripped um and i I just find that i've developed um some really great and very very useful skills around that so i'm I'm actually really grateful for those experiences, although they held me back at the time um I have learned so much from them um, that I, I I can also pass on to my clients. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's been a great learning for me.
1: Yeah, I think experience is uh, both good and bad. If you take something from them, even though if they were traumatic, if you learn from them and apply it to something in the future, and that overly overall adds to kind of your emotional empathy and emotional IQ, and you can only really develop that through those experiences.
0: Yeah but it, and it also it also it has great strength behind it because when i see someone now trying to manipulate or guilt trip or i hear that i'm i'm immediately okay i see what you're doing and you're not going to do that to me again because i know what that feels like i know what the results of that are so i'm not allowing it you know there's there's um, there's there's real weight behind it you know real understanding Uh, which makes it much easier to put my own values and boundaries in place and then to uphold them no matter what, because I know what the result of not doing that is.
1: Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you could leave with the audience, personal or professional?
0: I think the biggest piece of advice is just to understand that no matter what you think is holding you back in your life, no matter what you think the the barriers and the hurdles are, it is always you, always. And you can argue that and you can try and get around it and you can blame other people and have a look at your situation and your circumstances, but it always comes back to you. So whatever you don't do that you say you want to achieve comes back to you. you. You can never blame anyone else. You can never put the responsibility on anyone else. And I know sometimes this is hard for people to hear and people find it hard when they're being coached, and, but it is the best thing, the best thing, because you just, you cannot blame anyone else. You have to accept responsibility and just face everything as if in the knowledge that the result is down to you.
1: Yeah, that's a theme that uh, comes up a lot on the show. I often say it's a you versus you battle. So you're the big hurdle and all of that. So it, it's pretty funny because I mean, one of those things are, I mean, it, it's hard to, to say, but you know, all the negativity around you, to a certain extent, you choose to let that in. If you, you know, become mentally strong against it and not give it permission to affect you in a negative manner, you can do a better job to kind of navigate around that. And ultimately, every kind of choice in life comes down to you. And oftentimes, or majority of the time, you're the the biggest hurdle in terms of something new or something scary or pivoting in a different direction or taking a leap. It's that kind of like we talked about subconscious. It's always wants to be safe and fall into a safe habit. And when you kind of take yourself out of it into something new, it's always kind of fighting you internally.
0: Yeah. And this this whole thing about it being you, I mean, you can't control you know, your your situation, your environment. Um, we only have to look at current events to know that things happen that we can't control. But what we can control is our response to it. We can control our thoughts. And at the end of the day, every action we take comes from a thought and every action leads to a result. So we're absolutely responsible and how you think about something and how you respond to it will absolutely dictate the end result, whether you do something, whether you achieve something, or whether you don't. Whether you sit there and say, oh, it's too hard because. Well, it's only too hard because you are saying it's too hard. You know, actually everyone is capable of being, doing and having anything that they want. And the only difference ever is attitude.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, looking back at uh, my guests, that's obviously an overlapping kind of theme and learning about different people, meeting different people. And a lot of the time, there's no big difference between somebody saying they want to do something and the person that actually achieved it. Only that kind of will and perseverance to actually take the leap and do it and then kind of go through it and follow through. So either pivot if you ran into a roadblock and learn from that, or kind of run with it. And at the end of the day, it's it's the people that kind of outlast everybody else in terms of what they want to achieve.
0: No, I just I just say to people, at the end of the day, I am I am no one. I didn't have money behind me. I, I didn't go to university. You know, I, I did the school of life, is what I did. Um, and I got to where I am despite many, many things. Um, And it was a long and difficult journey. And there are so many things available to people now that make that journey so much easier. Um, And yeah, it really is. Um, Self-actualization and uh, our growth, um, whether it's business or personal, professional, whatever it is, um, everything that anyone needs is already within, within them. Um, and and is available to them. We just have to utilize it.
1: Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you?
0: Yeah, sure. Now, I'm I'm assuming that you'll put up some links in the notes, but um, the best way to contact me, the easiest way to remember just um, from the audio here is via my website. So my website is sallyg.com. So that's the name, Sally, followed by the letter G, sallyg.com. And really everything that anyone could want to find out about me is on there. My work, testimonies, there's um, my own podcast, there's a masterclass, my methodology, how to contact me. It's, it's all there.
1: Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by.
0: Yeah, thank you so much.